Hello and welcome to the M2P Connect podcast. I'm Shana Nozrin. The topic for this week's edition of the podcast is deep tech. So we're going to find out what it is and how do startups classify as deep tech. So joining me on this really interesting discussion is Cicada Innovation CEO, Sally Ann Williams. Thanks for joining me, Sally. Thanks for having me. Really excited to have a chat today. So we'll, we'll start off with an easy question. What is deep tech? So deep tech has um, many definitions, but basically I think you need to start with a really big problem. So deep tech exists to solve really big problems in society, and it tends to be innovations and research and companies that are science or engineering based, they're IP driven or IP intensive, um, and they're typically solving problems in the market that are regulated. So if we think about medical devices, if we think about med tech, if we think about agriculture and food, if we think about energy, there's some really complex problems that need to be solved. They are going to be solved with science and technology and they're going to have a regulatory pathway to market that also requires some really patient capital. So deep tech companies typically when we look at commercialising them, um, if we're taking them from the lab and the idea space and we're taking it to market, it can be anywhere between six to ten years before a product comes to market. But they are actually solving you know, global problems. At scale. So that's a long time, 10, 10 years you were saying. How do you stay in the game really? So it's really challenging for companies that are actually solving things, particularly in the med tech sector, um, because the regulatory pathway is um, laborious by nature and for really, really, really good reasons. We don't want that to go away. It is about safety and patient and good outcomes for patients. But it, it does require a support system. It really requires, I think, an entire ecosystem of support to come around those companies. So places like Cicada, we have a really large premises and we're able to work flexibly with those companies to help them grow and scale over time in the space that they're in and the labs that they have access to, which means that they can actually spend their capital and their the, the funds that they have on development versus on, on things that just don't matter. We take off a lot of that heavy lifting and that burden on the side as they're building up their business to become scalable and sustainable. Um, but it also requires you know, venture capitalists and patient capital in the Australian ecosystem. We're really fortunate. We're in New South Wales. Um, you know, Many of our emerging companies are able to access the New South Wales Health and Medical Research um, Devices Fund, which is a fantastic way of taking people from proof of concept to actually taking that product to market. Uh, it builds a whole bunch of people around them with mentors and networks as do we to support them and help them actually realize that dream Um, and then it takes people to actually be purchasers and procurers of that technology and you know that is government it is the health system it is uh, industry and and big pharma and tech companies and so we've got to actually come together and be a melting pot where we're all there for a same goal which is actually supporting these businesses to thrive because they have great outcomes for patients or great outcomes for people um, and that's that's what we really need to do together. Cicada is, you said New South Wales focused, but you're also looking Australia. You're looking national as well. Yeah, so we have a physical footprint in New South Wales, but actually we operate well beyond those borders. And I would say we actually operate beyond the borders of Australia. We really believe that a good idea can come from anywhere. That's something that has been true from my years at Google. I've seen that firsthand. And so what we're really interested in doing is connecting great ideas with really big problems and being able to nurture those people through that pipeline of discovery and testing and iteration to bring the product to market wherever 
wherever they are. So we work really collabor collaboratively with a lot of organisations, uh, with other accelerators and incubator programs out there, with campuses, with universities, with hospitals, with the healthcare system. Um, really, it's not a competition. It has to be something that we come together and actually stand alongside of each other because nobody has nobody has the one solution about how to do this. There's very you know there's this really variety of a lot of support systems that we need to put in place. So Sally, you touched on your time at Google. I'd really like to hear more about that. Yeah, um, so I was really lucky. I joined Google at a time where the company was just starting to grow in Australia. Um, there was 11 engineers on the team in, in Sydney when I joined. And when I left, you know, nearly 13 years later, there was 800 people working on R&D. And I got to see everything that we did about how we grew a business, not just locally, but how we grew it in all over the world and how we grow R&D teams and how we think about R&D and thought about it quite differently. Um, so instead of thinking about research as something siloed that you just, you know, you do because it, as an academic exercise, that you're actually doing it hand in hand, that really uh, blue sky, you know, deep innovation, but at the same side, you've got parallel uh, software engineers working and taking that research and testing it in product market fit immediately. And so it just created a really different culture in research and, and in the commercialization of that research, which I think has got some really positive, positive things that we can learn from. I've noticed some of those similar parallels. And I think for me, the number one thing that I've really noticed is in, in Google, we had this philosophy that good ideas can come from anywhere. They're not something that is the sole discretion of the most experienced engineer in that particular area of machine learning or artificial intelligence, but good ideas actually come from people observing a problem and thinking about how might, and starting a conversation about how might we solve this. And so something that, that you know, I've seen is this nature of, of people that will engage anyone in conversation. They'll engage the receptionist in conversation. They'll engage employees that are serving them food. They'll engage the barista in the conversation. And seeding those really good ideas from anywhere is actually, is actually a really important part of the process of, of research and discovery and customer validation. And when I've joined Sakata, I've seen that in the companies that we're seeing and growing and incubating there. And I'll give you two quick examples because I, I love this because there is this narrative that research must come out of clinicians and practitioners and researchers and then we commercialize it. And that's true, it can happen in that direction, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a linear, linear route. Um, so one of our largest residents in Sakata is um, Speedex and they're a diagnostics and therapeutic company and they are 10 years old. And they actually formed when J&J Labs uh, closed down in Sydney. And Ali and Alyssa, who founded the company, um, actually were working on this idea uh, at the time and they were thinking about it. And they actually spun it out and decided to start um, a diagnostics and therapeutics company that is doing really, really, really well. Now, they work with researchers in all different markets. They work with a lot of different universities now. They hire a lot of PhDs and master's students and other people, but they didn't come straight through a pathway straight out of university to commercialise that, that research. And I think it's a, a really good model and a, and, a, and a good understanding that the idea can come from anywhere, but actually, again, to what I was saying earlier, you need a village, you need a whole bunch of support around it to actually bring that to fruition. The other example, which I love to talk about, is um, Kath and Claire from Loop Plus. Now, Loop Plus are an amazing, amazing growth company. They're just, they're just two years into their journey in, in, in Sakata, um, and they're working to solve the problem of pressure sores. Now, both Claire and Kath don't come from a technical or 
a medical background. They actually come from a commercial background in, in completely different spaces, but they were very, the, the very real problem and the very real need for a solution was there because of Claire's son, um, Evander, who was born with uh, a tumour on his spine and confined to a wheelchair. And so through observing the problems, the frustration that they had was there's got to be a better better way. Now their solution is is really, they're already testing it. They're testing and working with Westmead Children's Institute. Um, they're working with uh, another hospital in the US and they're testing and the validation of that, that idea. So they are now working with researchers and clinicians, but the idea itself came from a very real need and a very real problem. And when I think about the opportunity for us in Australia is we need to be a convener and we need to be a place where we, we bring people together and we think about the deep problems that we're facing and we kind of bring together cross-functional and cross-disciplinary teams to think about solutions and opportunities. And that's, that's kind of the experience that I've, I've had at Google of being able to be really open to, to those solutions coming from anywhere. And, and I hope to see more and more of that happening every day in Cicada. How, how can we learn more about Cicada? How can we get involved? Great question. The thing that everyone can do straight away is they can sign up for our newsletter. And when you sign up for our newsletter, every single month when we send that out to you as, as an ecosystem, we're looking for people and we're asking them to become friends of Cicada. We're asking them to become mentors. We're asking them to become advisors. We're asking them to come in and procure from our companies and our portfolio um, that's in there. We're asking them to advise. We're asking people to come to us with the problems that they're facing and saying, we have no idea how to solve this. Can you convene a group of people who might help us think about it. Um, so really reach out to us through our website, reach out to us through our newsletters, become engaged in our community. Uh, we really want to create deep links and deep connections with people who are passionate about solving problems because they see an opportunity to do good in the world and, and benefit humanity in a, in a positive way. Um, and we're keen to have a conversation with anyone and everybody. Sally, we'll keep talking about deep tech for just a little bit because there's, there's just so much to cover. You, you would agree, right? I would. I think the, the deep tech is a great word and I think it's becoming a little bit of a buzzword at the moment and I'm really glad because what it does is it gives us an opportunity to introduce and break down that concept into a much more simple, simple language for everybody. And, and I think the simplest way to think about it is the Australia and the world, we're facing some massive challenges. We have challenges in food, in food sustainability, in waste, in energy, in health, massive, massive challenges. And they're going to require some pretty um, elegant solutions. And those solutions are going to be science and technology and engineering based. And so deep tech is really just a convergence of um, capabilities and skills and passionate people and patient capital to come together with a real commitment to solve, solving those problems that hopefully benefit people for good. Putting patients first. Absolutely. Putting people first. The one that I, I wanted to kind of touch on is Cicada has a accelerator program mm -hmm. and you're working a lot with uh, emerging startups and you know really established companies as well. How is that helping those those companies reach out to patients? Yeah, so one of the things that we do at, at, at Cicada is that we try to convene 
um, people from a broad range of areas and we convene them at every stage of their journey. So from the ideation of, of recognising that there's a problem and they might have a solution to it, uh, all the way through to commercialising something and taking it to market. And we try and convene um, a really diverse set of people around every idea and every possible company. So we want practitioners, we want clinicians, we want patients, we want people from the healthcare system who are going to eventually procure these things. Uh, we want investors, we want mentors, we want people that are experienced and the reason that we do that is that every single product that comes to market goes through so many phases of, of testing and iteration. And the first idea is never the final product that comes to market. It's a, it's a massive transformational journey. So the more feedback loops and the more support and nurture that you can build in that process through regulatory workshops, through um, founder chats and fireside chats to learn from somebody who's been there, done that, the better the, the better the support system that you actually build around founders for the long term. Because it is a it, it's it's a 15 year journey sometimes to be an overnight success. And so we need to be in that and building that community for the long the long haul for those deep support. Hello, my name is Danielle Shand. I am the Senior Manager of Operations and Events here at MTP Connect. I look after the Biomedical Translation Bridge Program, or BTB for short. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast series and remind you to make sure you subscribe, give us a rating and leave a comment. It's easy to do and it really helps other people find our podcasts. It's also a great way to learn about the Australian MTP sector and the people behind it. I also wanted to remind you that the expressions of interest for the second round of the BTB program are closing next Friday on 6th of March. You can find all the information on the MTP Connect website from the BTB team at MTP Connect and our partners. We also wanted to say thanks to all the people that came to our roadshow around Australia. Again, thanks for listening. Now back to our discussion with Sally Ann Williams. So do you reach out to international experts as well? Yes, we are really, really fortunate. Um, so we are actually owned by four universities. We, we don't just work with them, but we're owned by ANU, University of New South Wales, UCID and UTS. And so we have a really rich network that we can draw from from those universities. But as I said, we can work with anybody and we have a deep network of, of um, academics and researchers that are both um, local and, and global in their footprint. And so we have this ability to draw people in, to speak, to speak virtually, to be part of our, our mentor network. We're also really fortunate that we've actually become, and I think Sydney more broadly has become this in the last few years, um, a place where people are coming back, Aussies and expats are coming back through the work of, of, of organisations like Advance and others. They're coming back to Australia and they're wanting to actually, after spending significant time overseas, overseas and innovating, they're wanting to come back and build businesses here. So we're really privileged to have a lot of those people both in our network, but also have really deep connections into that organisation so that when people are visiting, they get to come along and spend time uh, both in public facing events but then in those private sort of more um, 
more intimate circumstances with our CEOs and our founders who sometimes you know you want to have that deeper conversation with somebody about the challenges that you're facing as a founder and so we're able to draw from that network all of the VCs that we work with have international experience um, I have international experience a large number of my team have worked overseas so we we work really collaboratively to build that network um, for the long term and the really good news is that it's almost every week we're getting more people joining that network and saying to us how can I help how can I mentor how can I support um, your companies and what they're doing because I want to see them succeed. So uh, we're actively growing. So if somebody's got a, a real passion for spending time and wants to find a company to mentor, we can definitely find you one. Um, but we also want to nurture and mentor founders that are earlier stage in their journey. So they're not ready to be a resident. They're not maybe not Sydney based. So we do a lot of virtual mentoring and, and virtual outreach as well. And, and try and connect people, not just to what we do, but to other support next systems in the ecosystem as well and connect them to people that will help them where they're at uh, with the information and the resources that they need. Uh, I'll touch on more about your international experience. So you, you mentioned you worked at Google for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Yep, almost 13 years, just shy. What were some of the things that you brought back from Google to Cicada? Yeah, so I, I think um, there's a couple of things uh, that are really important and, and things that are really sort of, I think, ingrained or indoctrinated into me after all of those years at Google. And the first one was the principle that I mentioned earlier about good ideas really coming from anywhere. So being really um, open and transparent and wanting to seek a voice from, from different, different places and different spaces. Um, I think the second one is around launching and iterating. It's it's very much a software sort of principle is that you just build the, the MVP, the minimum viable product, build the one thing that solves one problem and get it out there and then iterate on it over time. That is almost the opposite to sort of a research community and quite, quite often opposite to a practitioner community in health as well. And so being able to blend those two and, and understand where you can launch and iterate and where you actually need to go really hardcore on testing and validation because you know patient outcomes are absolutely critical. Being able to blend those two things, but I think we often in Australia, perfection is the, the enemy of in innovation sometimes. You know that I'm only going to launch when it's finished and it's, it's perfected. Well, nothing's ever finished and nothing's ever perfected. And so I give the example of Google Maps. Um, Google Maps launched before we had smartphones. So it was never designed for mobile, yeah. but the view was that it would always be something that you could take to market one day when that technology was in your hand. But it was designed for a desktop experience. And so Maps has launched and iterated many, 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 many times. And it started in Australia, by the way. So that's why I'm telling that story, because it's a great story for us. But this idea of launching and iteration and, and continual improvement is something that we actually need to bring into the process, I think, as well. Um, so, so really, these are really simple things, but the culture and the behavioural mechanisms to drive that in a hospital system or a healthcare system or in a health practitioner's office, you know, you really have to lay out how you, how you actually build that culture in your staff because you'll never have a good idea coming from anywhere unless you have a culture of being able to speak up and surface problems from any level without any fear of retaliation or repercussions. So, you know, these things go hand in hand. So understanding that culture is actually the driver of innovation. So if you wanna have these innovation principles, what are you gonna to do to build a supportive mechanism to nurture those behaviors? Because behaviors are driven by culture and it's, it's almost this self-fulfilling cycle that we need to do to actually drive this in our, in our entire system system 
um, not just across health, but of every area of innovation in Australia. I can tell you the really simple, the really simple pitch that I would have to anybody out there um, who thinks that they have a, a, a solution for something is, first of all, don't start with your solution. Tell me about the problem that you're facing. Make me understand how big it is. What's the addressable market size of it? Then tell me about your solution and why your solution is actually going to help people and change outcomes for them. And then tell me what you need. And don't define your need to just a financial need. It's not always about getting investment. Sometimes it's about testing. Sometimes it's about advice. Sometimes it's about introductions. Don't make an assumption that I don't know or can't help you if I'm not a VC or if I don't fit the mould of what you think that you're doing. Always be pitching, always be sharing what it is that you're trying to do and find a way to do it in one minute or less that has that person going, that's awesome, tell me more about it. Because at the end of the day, it, it is really about relationships and building that relationship for the long term and building a network of people around you that are so invested in both the problem that you're trying to solve and your ability to deliver on it, that they're going to make the introductions, that they're going to give you the funding and that they're going to put the support around you that you need to, to go on that really long journey to be an overnight success. sally Ann, that was a great discussion and really appreciate you coming on our podcast. I think we can all learn so much from what you were saying and about innovation and science and collaboration. Collaboration is a must. So thank you so much. 100%. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this and I love bringing people together. We've got challenges that we're facing in the world and it's only if we come together that we're going to actually collectively solve them and, and have a positive impact. So I'm all for collaboration. This was the MTME Connect podcast. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. We welcome any feedback that you have and uh, rate us five stars if you'd like. Until next time. <laughs>